listening to NL Newsday with Jeff Andreas. You're right. You're listening to NL Newsday. It is October the 27th, the last Wednesday of the month here, and that means it is time for Radio NL's Community Town Hall. It's brought to you by the Vic Downtown, roasted here, always fresh. This month's guest is Kamloops City Councilor and Deputy Mayor for the month of October, Mike O'Reilly. If you want to ask a question, you can text now 250-374-5345, or again, you can also call 250-374-5345. Four five, Mike. How you doing? I'm doing good, Jeff. Nice to see you. Yeah, thanks so much for coming in the studio. This is a rarity these days. Yeah, just like I remember, I thought at least you guys maybe would have painted over the course of the pandemic, but uh, not much has changed. No, well, we didn't think anyone was going to see it, so no need for an upgrade, right? But uh, I guess now we can start to think about that a little bit more, right? <laughs> All right, uh, let's let's just get right into it. Let's not waste any time here. Um, I got a lot of people calling in or, or texting in, I should say with concerns about Memorial Arena. This is something I've had many a conversation with with individuals in the community. I play hockey. A lot of the guys I play with are like, what the heck is going on with our arena? So maybe just in a general sense, before I get into a specific question from anyone, you know, what, what, is, what are you hearing from the community when it comes to the Memorial Arena and its use as a homeless shelter right now? Yeah, certainly a, a lot of what we're hearing from the community is, uh, is they want their ice back. Uh, and whether it's Count Spiner Hockey or it's Men's League at night, uh, they want their their ice back. Uh, they want the facility to be used what it was intended to be used for, uh, which was a community asset being an ice rink. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we know through the recreation master plan, we are short of ice in Kamloops already. Um, and this certainly is a big blow. Uh, you know, we um, were very mindful of that. And we are actively pursuing uh, every option possible uh, for a, for a different location uh, where these um, the individuals could be located, um, and uh, you know this this is an active pursuit. It's not something we're sitting idle on. All right, I do have a caller calling in here right now, so I don't know if it's along the same subject line, but uh, caller, what's your question? My question is about uh, unlocked dumpsters in the downtown area. Has there ever been any consideration for making businesses have to have their dumpsters in a lock-secure compound? Okay. Do you understand that? Yeah, no, I, I certainly do. Obviously, owning a business in the downtown core, um, mm-hmm. that was something you know that that we had debated as a company, and I would think most of these uh, uh, businesses do. Uh, but the lock specifically, um, it becomes a little bit uh, detrimental and becomes an issue. Um, and where the business owners, it comes in for them, is they actually pay to dump each load. So the more uh, unwanted stuff that isn't theirs gets put in. Uh, so they have to weigh those options. Um, but when he's, he spoke specifically about a compound, to have these dumpsters put in. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes it very difficult to remove the garbage uh, when it needs to be taken out. And uh, as we know, the alleys are very narrow as yeah. it is. Uh, but what we have tried to do as, as a city and uh, build, building owners downtown is they have painted and decorated the uh, dumpsters and done the uh, alley murals as well to make it a more inviting place uh, than, than what it was. Yeah, they definitely look a little bit better. Caller, do you have a follow-up here? Yeah, my, my issue is so not so much with uh, murals and things like that. It's people getting in there at night, making a racket and waking people up that are in surrounding apartment buildings. I've called bylaw community services nine times since August about one particular downtown hotel, and nothing ever seems to be done. There's always somebody in there in the dumpster at 3 in the morning waking everybody on this side of the building up. That's my concern. Okay. Um 
yeah, what, what can be done? I mean, community service office, I would think, would be the way to go. Well, I mean, certainly if, if it's one specific property, as the caller seems to be uh, mentioning, that's something that maybe the uh, building owner or hotelier could be talked, spoken with about. Um, but uh, at this point, you know, it's not one of those uh, huge issues, but mm -hmm. uh, certainly it's something that uh, that I can have brought up uh, with our director of, director of Civic Operations. All right. Well, thank you so much for the call. Really appreciate you chiming in. 250-374-5345. If anyone wants to call or text, I do have another text coming in here right now. My question relates to snow. There has been a lot of talk lately about more money being provided to clear sidewalks and bus stops. What about the cul-de-sac homeowners and the awful windrows we have to suffer through all winter long? Yes, yeah, certainly. Uh, it's, it's interesting we got that text this time of year because we don't typically get to get these concerns this early, but it, it's <laughs> nice that people are, uh, are looking... I think the snow budget came up recently, right? So it's on people's minds. Yeah, we, we did add a bit to the snow budget. Um, you know, when, when we look at uh, our snow clearing budget, um, it, uh, it it can always be adjusted, uh, but what we have to weigh that against is how much we're spending in other areas mm -hmm. uh, of the city. Uh, windrows have been an issue for decades, and, and they will be until uh, there's an appetite uh, to up our snow clearing budget up you know two three four five million dollars more which essentially if you look work backwards basically every million dollars is almost a one percent tax increase and uh, and so that's something that council weighs we hear concerns and and we either uh, add or or remove and uh, well since i've been on council nothing's been removed um, but uh, certainly that's something we are mindful of and looking at different technologies uh, throughout north america mm -hmm. i do have other questions on that but we do have a caller on the line so caller thanks for calling in what's your question hi uh, i just really want to ask about uh the arenas and switching back to using hot water on the ice i know that they've switched over to uh, a cold water system that's supposed to be just as good but uh, i can tell you with the amount of traction that the, our rinks are always using um the, the grooves in the ice are just horrific and we uh, i've talked to the zamboni staff i won't mention any names or locations but a lot of people really agree about switching back to hot water. Um, you know, last year, one of the kids in our group uh, really hurt his ankle, um, and and it's just getting really rough. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I know, like, it was supposed to be a money-saving issue, right? Or it, it did save the city a little bit of money. I don't know how much. Uh, yeah, I mean, at that point, it was a little bit uh, of the money piece, but it was more the actual uh, greenhouse gas emissions right, right. that it created that was saved, and so working back towards... Uh, our strategy of reducing them, but uh, I really appreciate that feedback, and, and especially if the caller, uh, you know, didn't mention names or, or locations, um, but uh, I can follow up with staff, and if that caller, uh, if you're able to email me directly so I have your contact information, I can have uh, somebody from, again, our civic ops department uh, get back to you and have those further discussions, but uh, that's that's the first I've heard of this, so uh, thank you for uh, letting us know. What's the best way to get a hold of you? Just your M.O.Reilly at... Uh, M.O.Reilly at camels.ca. Perfect. All right, caller, hopefully that helps uh, in that regard. We are are, uh, almost coming up here on the end of the first part of this segment. So thanks so much for the call. If anyone else has a question, please text or call 250-374-5345. Again, 250-374-5345. going to take a quick two-minute break. We'll be back with your news at 4.30 and then more with Kamloops City Councillor Mike O'Reilly on this October edition of Radio NL's Community Town Hall. You're listening to NL Newsday with Jeff Andreas.
All right, you're listening to NL Newsday, and it is the October edition of Radio NL's Community Town Hall, brought to you by the Vic Downtown, roasted here, always fresh. If you have a question, you can text or call 250-374-5345. Again, that's 250-374-5345. And we're joined in studio, of course, by Kamloops City Councilor Mike O'Reilly. Mike, you still doing okay? I'm still here. Perfect. That's That's all I can ask is that you're still here. Uh, okay, I wanted to get back to the Memorial Arena issue because uh, we were cut off while people were calling, and I had a few other questions I wanted to get to. Um, and, and you talked about how you've been hearing a lot of complaints, particularly from like Kamloops Minor Hockey Association members. And and I don't think this would be on the table necessarily, but I understand where this individual who texted is, is coming from. They're saying like if the city is not going to be able to get Memorial Arena back uh, into the hands of ice users anytime soon, like is the city going to cover the cost for KMHE teams to have to? you know travel to places like chase and logan lake for ice time i mean this is a concern a lot of people have and and you know they're talking about the cost but i also worry about the safety of having to do that on a regular basis once we get into the middle of winter yeah i mean i mean certainly these are all conversations that we've had as council uh we've, we've had these uh individual uh comments from kmha and and obviously being deputy mayor uh lucky me uh, <laughs> this was the month i was chosen and yeah. kmha uh came out loud and clear uh, with their membership um you know and as i mentioned we are actively pursuing i i can't speak specifically about locations that are being looked at okay uh, but we are looking at a multitude of different places uh where potentially uh these individuals can be accommodated um and uh we want to get that ice back uh, as, as much as the users do. At the same time, uh, you know, we don't think it's appropriate for the 50 people that are living in there uh, to be housed in that location. I think anybody that's been in that arena in the middle of February knows it is not a warm place. It, it mm-hmm. shouldn't be there. Uh, people should not be living in that facility. And, uh, you know, we were very aware of that as council. In the same breath, uh, it is a better location than on the street. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, like I said, we are actively pursuing, um, uh, working with BC housing to find another location for these individuals to live. Yeah. And I guess when we look at an arena, I mean, it's got some of the amenities that, that you need to house people, right? We're talking about showers and, and, you know, change room type services. You also got, uh, with their concession stands, you know, the ability to do something with food services as well. Uh, so are those the kinds of things that are like required when trying to look for an alternative space? Uh, you know, that's, that's something that BC housing has to decide. Right. Uh, it, it would be costly to put in showers and, and food locations, whatever it has to be. I don't care about the budget. Yeah. That's BC housing budget. That's not the city of Kamloops budget. That's not the taxpayers of Kamloops budget. BC housing needs to figure that problem out. Uh, what we know is we want that facility back, uh, for the ice users of Kamloops. All right. Well, I, I appreciate that answer, and I think that's the answer everyone uh, really does want to hear uh, when it comes to this particular issue. Okay, um, I do want to get to some other questions here. We'll go to the question submission box at the Vic Downtown. Again, if you have a question, you can call or text 250-374-5345. Let's, let's just give a bit of a, a nice a nice fluffy question here, because I really like this, and I'm really curious to see what your answer will be. Um, Brittany Gill is asking, what exciting projects do you see coming for Kamloops in 2022? Very vague, so you can take it any which way you want. You know, I I think uh, 22 is going to be a year where we come back. Uh, Where our annual events that we've been known to host in the city that has built up the social fabric of our community will be coming back. 
and when we look at the uh, the seniors international seniors games mm. uh, will be hosted in Kamloops right. um, and you know I, I I really feel there is an undercurrent uh, amongst the citizens of Kamloops of what's the vision for Kamloops what are we going to do to move forward we see the light at the end of, of the tunnel for Kamloops uh, and, and for for COVID not completely going away but uh, living with it um, you know we're the citizens are ready for that next step and uh, and and that's coming and that's not just one or two people that's the multiple people who I speak with that's that's what they're ready for and a very similar question to Brittany all right. Well, I, uh, I I really like that answer, and I hope we see all those things actually come to fruition here. Uh, Nicole wants to know, what steps will you take towards reconciliation in your job as a counselor? Obviously, reconciliation right now, a very hot topic, especially with last week's visit from the Prime Minister. Uh, people really... are. I, I guess you can take this either way. You can kind of look at it as a question towards the council or you as an individual. Yeah, and, you know, as much as I want to say those are two different things, they're... they're they are sort of the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, reconciliation, uh, it means something different to everybody. Um, me personally, uh, and I actually spoke about this uh, at our community to community forum uh, with the TTS uh, last week. And I said, you know, I, trying to wrap my head around what this is, I have a three and a half year old son. And we spoke with our three and a half year old son, and he learned more at three and a half than I learned in the first 30 years of my life um, about the Indian residential schools. And, uh, you you know, that, mm-hmm. that to me is a big piece yeah. uh, to have those conversations early. Um, but, you know, when I was over there, uh, Cookby, uh, Roseanne, um, she started singing the welcome song to start the meeting. And I actually started singing the song and knew the words to it. And that wasn't me trying. That was just, I have now been so uh, embraced and ingrained and met with them so many times that that just becomes part of my, uh, you know, um, understanding over mm-hmm. there. And I think that's important. I think on uh, a political front um, is to continue the relationship that we have built uh, with the TTS. Um, and, you know, our councils have worked very closely together on a lot of different projects. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously we have, uh, uh, not we, but um, over at TTS, they have an election coming up mm-hmm. um, at the end of this month and they'll have a new uh, new chief and council um, that will be there for another three years and we will um, work with them and, and depending on how far they want to do, how far they want to go. I will say, Jeff, at the end of the day, what's important is it's not the city of Kamloops leading reconciliation. It is talking to our, our friends and our counselors and Cookby at TTS and say, what do you want from us? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, city council trying to lead this and other levels of government yeah. trying to lead is what got us in this situation in the first place. Absolutely. So we need to listen. For sure. No, but that makes a whole lot of sense. Okay, I want to go to this question here that we got, uh, well, while we were on a news break here, so we'll play this back for you, and uh, we'll get your thoughts. Okay, so I've lived in the uh, sunny Okanagan for 25 years and recently moved to Kamloops three years ago. My question is, is why do we fill potholes when we can pave our roads like they have in the sunny Okanagan? That's all. I'd love to, I love Kamloops. Yeah, so I'm not 100% clear on exactly what he, his point is here because it sounds to me like he's almost talking about instead of filling potholes, we should be repaving entire roads, which, you know, budget speaking, it doesn't really make any sense. 
Well, first off, welcome to Camloops, and uh, glad you're enjoying it here. Uh, when we look at our uh, road maintenance program, uh, what we have done more so over the last four or five years um, is when we know that there needs to be significant infrastructure updates, whether that's water or sewer or storm, uh, under major arterial routes um, or, or major roads, what we do is we do just do potholes, and we do just fill them knowing that that's going to have to be completely ripped up coming up in one, two, three years. Uh, so we do nurse it along uh, when we know that there's other projects coming. On our city website, we do have a list of priority uh, roads that are going to be paved over the next three or four years. And you can you can look at that and see what our paving priorities are in the city. Perfect. All right. Uh, let's go one more question here from our question submission box located at the Vic downtown. Um, let's go to John Glowacki. I hope I'm saying that right. It was difficult to read, but he says, and this is something I think a lot of people are taking a bit of issue with why is the city spending money it's, he says wasting but i'm going to say spending money on buying village hotel and he says there's better ways to uh, spend taxpayer dollars so why do you think that was a project that the city council obviously voted and, and thought it was an acceptable use of money yeah, you know, that was a, a strategic purchase uh, for the city of Kamloops uh, and the advancement of the North Shore plan. And as has been stated uh, through our press releases and, and covered by uh, multiple levels of media here, uh, the intent is that we will be selling that back. Uh, we'll be selling that to a private investor and developer. Um, the front piece, the hotel, and the back piece uh, will be sold to BC Housing. Uh, and that's committed. And what we didn't want is we did not want an investor from Vancouver purchasing that property and sitting on it for another 20 years. Uh, having that spot on Tronquille tied up for 20 years with nothing being done will not advance the redevelopment of Tronquille and the redevelopment of the North Shore. Uh, we thought the best way to do that was for City Council to control that um, and uh, and sell to a developer that uh, A, wants to develop now, and B, has an, a, a vision that aligns with, uh, with the North Shore neighborhood plan. Um, I don't know how much you can speak to the, the purchase price, but it was quite a bit above what it was actually valued at. Uh, I don't know if you can explain why or if that was maybe something that had to be discussed behind closed doors. I'm not sure. I mean, I can I can certainly speak, uh, you know, overall with, with commercial real estate, commercial property. Uh, they don't go for assessed value or, or appraised value. Essentially, um, what we found with that property, um, you know, it's, it was purchased on what the site could be. Okay. Um, and when we looked at the assessed value, uh, especially, is uh, there was a parking covenant uh, on the back on the back property uh, that needed to be used for the hotel, so that greatly changed it. Um, but that's not uh, we we did not go anywhere over and above market value of what that uh, properties properties were going to be going for. All right, I appreciate that answer. All right, the time right now four forty nine. You're listening to Radio NL's Community Town Hall, brought to you by the Vic Downtown, roasted here, always fresh. If you have a question for Councillor Michael Riley, you can text or call 250-374-5345. Again, that's 250-374-5345. We're going to take a quick two-minute break, and we'll be right back with more with Kamloops Councillor Michael Riley. This is NL Newsday with Jeff Andreas. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to NL Newsday today. It is the Radio NL Community Town Hall brought to you by the Vic Downtown Roasted Here, Always Fresh. Joined in studio with Kamloops City Councilor and Deputy Mayor for the month of October here, Mike O'Reilly. Mike, thanks for being with me and just how's it been here being in studio for this uh, half hour so far? 
Well, it's uh, different than being here early in the morning when I'm sipping on a coffee, <laughs> but uh, the Vic uh, usually uh, provides me a good fresh cup. I could have I got you a coffee. I didn't even think about it. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go right to the questions here. Um, okay. Let's see. I, I, I try to like vet these questions, but it's hard to do when I'm reading them as they come in. Uh, but I do have a question here, actually. Let's go back to my list here, because I do have one who, this guy's been messaging me a bunch. I'm sure you know who it is, but I won't say his name. Uh, but he wants to know if you would support a detox recovery and emergency shelter in an area such as Rayleigh. Obviously, I think this kind of goes back to, uh, I don't remember if it was about a month ago, and uh, Counselor uh, Dennis Walsh had brought up this idea, and and talked about sort of like a facility or a center where we could have a whole bunch of services available for people to, you know, be able to recover and and then kind of move on and have those services available in one spot. Because I always kind of, whenever I'm talking about homeless issues, I'm like, it's not the easiest to find all the services you need when you're having to go from one end of the city to another to another to try to access uh, whatever is is ailing you. Um, so I guess just what is your overall thoughts on, on like sort of, I guess, uh, uh, I don't know what to call it, a resort of some kind where you can put people so that they have an actual real fighting chance at recovery? Yeah, I, I think that would be uh, one piece of the puzzle to think that's going to solve all of the problems uh, throughout the city. It's not. Is it something worth exploring? Uh, I think so. Um, you know, when we look at the location that, that continually gets brought up, which is Rayleigh, as a softball city mm -hmm. area there. Why? Because they, they found that, that, you know, if that's something, you know, that needs to be explored, we shouldn't be pigeonholing ourselves to, to really, we should be saying, Hey, we want a location, something like this. Uh, but to go back to the other part of the question, uh, would I support it? Absolutely. If BC housing is going to pay for it, right? If the province is going to step up, if, if, um, uh, ministry of health is going to be stepping up. Absolutely. I fundamentally disagree that your municipal tax dollars should be paying um, for those services. That is not what your municipal tax dollars go for. You know, if we look at the list of things that, that I get asked for as a counselor, um, you know, uh, we look at uh, a cancer center here in Kamloops. We desperately need it. Council's not building that. Right. We look at Pineview Valley, Bachelor Heights, Westmount, uh, Parkrest for schools. We're not building that. That's not our jurisdiction. That's mm -hmm. not what your municipal tax dollars are supposed to be going to. All right. Well, that's actually a great way to go to this text that we just got. It says, I'm just going to read it verbatim. I voted for Mike. I will vote for Mike again. Why don't people in the federal government have your common sense way of doing things? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I don't know who that uh, text <laughs> is or listener. They didn't but, give their name, so I can't tell you. Um, but I appreciate it. But, you know, obviously um, everybody has their uh, their own perspective on things. And uh, we know the government that's in there now. And uh, we have a minority government operating federally. Um, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I would just hope that uh, Kamloops starts getting some uh, federal grants and federal tax dollars because we have been uh, sorely missing that for, for a number of years in Kamloops. Yeah, for sure. Okay, um, that's pretty much exhausting my question list here, at least to this point in time. Uh, so one thing I know we haven't touched on that uh, has been a very hyper-focused topic of conversation recently, but maybe is starting to fade a touch into the background, but that is the whole fire issue and just sort of, is there any update or has there been recent conversations when talking about an egress route outside of Juniper? That was obviously a major concern in the days after uh, July 1st, Canada Day, when there was a fire and people were struggling to actually get out of the subdivision up there. Uh, so obviously that's something that's specific to Juniper, but there's other areas, of course, that also need these emergency access roads. 
Yeah, that's certainly uh, still ongoing. That, that's not something that we're backing off because it's cooling down here. Um, it's preparing for when the next potential uh, disaster could happen. Um, you know, juniper is, uh, I don't want to say the flavor of the day, but right now that's so uh, on the top of everybody's yeah. minds. So it's working on it. But we are working concurrently uh, on other evacuation plans um, throughout the community. Um, and we're also looking at um, at fire smarting our neighborhoods, at those interface fires areas specifically, um, and, uh, you know, working through that program and, um, that, uh, that's something that is ongoing. We ran into a little, uh, hurdle and obstacles uh, with the provincial government as, uh, they are the ones that own the land, pe- last piece of land, um, in Juniper. Um, so it's working through that process with them as well. Um, but they're very aware of, uh, of how dire we, the situation is and how badly we would like that access route. Um, last week there was, uh, I'll just uh, maybe put on your TNRD hat for just a moment here, but I know there was a chance for the district of the, the directors to sit down with BC wildfires service personnel. I don't need to get into specifics, but just like how important is it to have that opportunity to, to speak with them? Not something that uh, I don't think was happening on a very regular basis. And it sounds like there is a commitment at least to have these conversations a little bit more frequently here. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to be having your first conversation with BC wildfire in September. Right. The, these these conversations need to be ongoing. Um, you know, a lot needs to not just be learned uh, from this previous wildfire season, but actually applied uh, going in 22. And, you know, my big uh, issue and concern that I brought up with BC Wildfire um, is the fact that there were private contractors that were paid by the provincial government to help fight the fires, and they were sitting idle every morning until 10, 11, 12 o'clock, and these guys are ready to go. Uh, not, uh, not. oh, we're waiting for a call, we're going to move ahead. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I would get texts and photos of the crews and the equipment sitting there every morning. Um, you know, there's a lot to learn from this, uh, and it needs to be applied. And I also uh, strongly believe they need to be working more uh, with First Nations throughout the entire TNRD. Um, you know, they have large swaths of land. Uh, they are a major, major player at the table, and we need to have input from them. All right. Well, Mike, I really appreciate you coming in and answering some questions. I appreciate anyone who took the time to call or text or put a question into the submission box located at the Vic downtown. Uh, So thanks for all the participation. I'm going to go to my own personal question that I have here for you, Mike. I've been waiting for this moment for the entirety of this program, but I saw you uh, on Twitter here as you were getting set to come in. Terry Lake is going to join me next hour uh, to talk about booster shots, but you guys were going back and forth and you put out this picture you went as Terry Lake for Halloween a couple of years ago. It was a great costume. Uh, what are you going to be here in 2021? Uh, you know, I haven't fully decided, which I'm running out of time. Yeah. But, but interestingly enough, Terry Lake wasn't at that party when I dressed up as him. <laughs> but also, he's not the only municipally elected official in campus that I've went for as Halloween. I've <laughs> no. also went as Ken Christian and Arjun okay. in one. When Ken was on crutches and Arjun was wearing his Sea Arjun Run shirts. Uh, I went for a few a few years back, so we'll see who I pick this year. Okay, I can't not wait. Definitely looking forward to it, and you better send me some photos once you get it all set up. All right, Mike. Well, thanks so much for this. Really appreciate it, and uh, we'll do it again soon. Thanks, Jeff. Always a pleasure, never a chore. Awesome stuff. Kamloops City Councilor Mike O'Reilly, Deputy Mayor for the month of October. Always appreciate everyone who takes the time to write submit a question or uh, of course the counselors for coming in and uh, being grilled here as they are so willing to do so you've been listening to the october edition of radio nl's community town hall brought to you by the vic downtown roasted here always fresh always a great place to stop by in the morning and grab a cup of coffee